0: podcast okay here we go the one of Bet podcast is about to start week 17 i am your host david chip along with the man the legend the vegas returnee miles v miles how you doing buddy hi i'm miles maybe you've heard of me
1: yeah, I'm back from Vegas. I thought for a second that we would be broadcasting live from the city of Lost Wages, but no, we, uh, we ended up coming out a little late this week, so thank you, loyal listeners, for your patience, but such a busy time this holiday season and so much going on in Vegas. couple notes. First of all, David, I don't know if you noticed this, but we did get our first downloads from both Spain and the Dominican Republic. I saw that. Very exciting. I think it's probably because the intro to our podcast talks about football, and they must have confused that for, you know, soccer, and we really didn't do a good job on the World Cup at all, so I think those listeners are going to be disappointed.
0: That may be the case, but I do think this now gives us the right to legitimately call ourselves a worldwide phenomenon. Inconceivable! Well, it is a very exciting time, as you said. Go ahead. Did you have some other things you wanted to add? Well, I do want to talk
1: a little bit about my Vegas trip. If you're interested, I know we do have a few of our friends that play poker. I played in a poker tournament while we in Vegas. Did you? How'd you do? I did well. I I want to bitch a little bit about it though and it's not going to be the bad beat kind of bitches it's going to be the way this tournament was structured was really different than any other tournament i've played in Uh, i stayed at the mgm and the mgm has tournaments basically every four hours it seems like or like noon and like a three o'clock and a 7 p.m the only one that i was able to make was the midnight tournament and i was skeptical because i'm like it's midnight this is you know i don't want to be up all night and they assured me yeah Look, it's a $100 buy in and it's a turbo and it'll go real fast. So I make it to the final table and it's three in the morning.
0: <laughs> yeah, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play?
1: <laughs> and so, first of all, not a turbo. Second of all, I, you know, they sold me on this, you know, and it's a $100 buy in. Well, they didn't mention that the $100 buy in gets you 20000 in a chip stack. There's an add on. Yeah. For another hundred dollars, which gives you a hundred thousand chips. So who's not gonna do that? Exactly. Why not just make it a two hundred dollar tournament and leave it at that? Well
0: we're waiting.
1: This was just kind of like a you know bait and switch. Anyway, it gets down to the last five of us, and they're paying four. And so I say, hey, let's uh, let's cut in the, uh, the the bubble person, right? Let's let's cut in number five. We've all been here for you know it's three in the morning. No one wants to go back to their room and right. you know feel disappointed. And so we did, which was great for me because I came in fifth.
0: <laughs> you are clairvoyant. You knew you had to get some money out of it. Well, that's exciting though. That's a, that's a nice finish. Nothing to a sneeze at.
1: You no, know, I, I was happy with the results, but. You know, poker, when it comes to poker players, I would say this. Poker is like sex. Everybody thinks they're good at it. And these people were not good, David. I should have, I should have rolled over all of them. But nonetheless, uh, speaking of sex, walking back to my hotel room at 3 in the morning, every single attractive woman in the lobby, I couldn't help but wonder, is this a prostitute or a stripper?
0: Yes, and probably both.
1: Yeah, I think the ones that came and talked to me, I figured as, as prostitutes. But uh, nonetheless, I, I went up to bed and was pretty much uh, a wreck for the next day. I, I can't do that much more.
0: Well, we're not as young as we used to be, but uh, good for you to come home with some money in your pocket. It's always nice to uh, do well at a tournament there. Uh, but let's turn our attention to some football. What do you say? It is, it's hard for me to believe. That we are going into week 17 right now. I mean, four short months ago, we were just talking about all the great football to come. I mean, the Rams were coming off the Super Bowl. Tom Brady had just unretired. You and I had a whole conversation about how great all the teams in the uh, AFC West were going to be. And we were arguing, you know, is Russell Wilson or Devontae Adams the best addition? And now, I mean, you look around, Tom Brady's on a mediocre team. The Rams are just awful. David Carr isn't even going to suit up for the Raiders because he got benched in some crazy battle with Josh McDaniel. Uh, The Broncos, maybe the worst case of them all, uh, just fired their head coach after getting pasted by the Rams. Uh, You know, Jared Stidham starting for the Raiders. It is just amazing like the war of attrition that these football seasons are, you know, it is just crazy. We've seen, you know, Brock Purdy is quarterback, Tyler Huntley, Josh Dobbs, David Blau is starting for the, for the, you know, Cardinals this week. And, you know, I, I just, I just bring all of this up to say, a we've talked about it before. It is really hard to win consistently as a, football team in the NFL. And B, you and I as handicappers trying to pretend like we know what's going on have to wade through so much of this, you know, every week of injuries and, you know, replacements and weather and trends. And it's just, you know, it's maddening. It's unpredictable. It's frustrating. Unpredictable
1: is the word I was thinking. Yeah, it's just unpredictable. You just didn't think it would go this way. And what's funny about Weeks 17 and now this year week 18 is and and I and I'm going to say this because I often go to Vegas between Christmas and New Year's so I'm there to bet the I'm there and I'm able to bet those games the teams that need to win to make the playoffs. And you think, oh, they have to win; therefore, they're going to play well and get in. So many times they don't. So, it's oh de- crap! <laughs>
0: <laughs> you might be foreshadowing some of my uh, handicapping later.
1: I just remember it's. I remember one year I was there, and the Vikings. All they had to do was beat like the last place, whoever it was, and no, they didn't. For me, anyway, it gets exponentially more difficult these last couple weeks of the season when you don't know who's playing for what. You've got. You know, teams that that would do better off if they lost and move up higher in the draft. You have, you know, this week you see all these benchings of quarterbacks for, you know, whatever reason is given. So, and you know what? The lines have have adjusted, you know, a ton this week. I noticed from when you and I first talked about what we liked uh, on Monday to now, there's been all kinds of movement. So this is going to be an interesting one.
0: But let's put a bow on this conversation and give ourselves a little bit of credit. You and I both cashed this week. So we're jumping into this whole conversation with some good results, uh, which was nice to see, right?
1: No, that's that's true. And, it, it you know, there have been a couple times this year where both of us cashed, which is nice. Um, and what's funny, or not funny, but it was a hard week last week, at least for our listeners. If we want to go back and recap our listeners, we got... Donnie wheels. He did not make, he did not make it out to be a winner. He, he only had one of his three bats come in and that was the Dallas Philly over. So he ended up with five seventy three as his total. He also had another really complex, really long parlay, which unfortunately didn't come in. But if that one came in, uh, Donnie will be buying beers for the rest of our life.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Uh, we had Bill Kuklanas who if you want to read his tweet it was like written to us in in Morse code or Egyptian hieroglyphics uh but as it turned out he only had one of his bets came come in and that was the Falcons Ravens under which uh came in to the tune of $630 and that was a really good bet. That was a really low-scoring game. The only winner of our listeners was RJ, who was on a hot streak. He had two perfect weeks in a row, and he followed it up this week, winning two out of three. He had Jacksonville, which I think was a great call. He had the Giants, which I think was a great call. Uh, RJ is uh, is is hot right now, and I've, I'd be following some of his picks if I were you. Way to go, RJ. But since uh, both of us cashed, I'm going to go ahead and go first because I ended up winning two out of my three games and I made $1,187. That's the fact, yeah! The first of my games was Cincinnati minus two and a half because you remember I bought down the spread yeah. uh, against the Patriots. So that was 420 to win 290 This was a deja vu type of game for me. Um... One of the worst games of the season that I bet on and had to go through was that Indianapolis Minnesota Vikings game the week before, and that's when Indianapolis jumped out to a thirty-three to nothing lead, and then we watched Minnesota come back, and come back, and have the largest comeback in history. And we thought, what a game that was! That could never be repeated. Well, the Cincinnati Patriots game almost repeated it. Yeah, sure did. Bengals, they got the ball promptly, marched down the field, scored a touchdown like there was no defense, and then missed an extra point, which was weird. Uh, Three and out, they get the ball back. Another touchdown. Uh, This time, I think they went for the two-point conversion. They missed that. Sidebar, if you had the over on this game and are watching all these missed extra points and missed two-point conversions, you're probably just going, oh, my God, because there was enough scoring in this game for that over to come in, but I don't think it did. Anyway, uh, just like how Indianapolis came out to a strong lead, Cincinnati went into the half 22-0, and it should have been more, but for those missed extra points and whatnot. But like I said, you never know what's going to happen. You watch that Colts Vikings game. You know Belichick can make a halftime adjustments, and he did. Now the third quarter was pretty bad. Uh, it wasn't New England's offense that scored, but they got a pick six, so that was great for them. But the shank, the shanks became contagious because then the kicker <laughs> missed the extra point. Um, another quick score in the fourth quarter by New England brought the game the twenty-two to twelve. Uh, New England goes for two points there; they fail. So again, that's contagious. I don't know what's happening with all these extra points and two point conversions. Uh, ultimately, they brought it back to twenty two to eighteen, and they were in the position in the red zone, the score in the final minutes of the fourth quarter, and failed. And New and Cincinnati held on the win, thankfully because I went against my lesson one by betting against the uh, home underdog here, but it paid off. To the tune of $710.
0: Yeah, I was going to say if there was ever a game where the football gods were looking down and saying, We need to teach Miles V a lesson that a uh, a road favorite can actually, sorry, uh, that a road underdog can actually win a game. We're going to do it with this game and we're going to make you sweat it out. But, uh, you know, you've won a lot of money on the Bengals the last three weeks. You know, aside from this game, this team is surging. Uh, at the right time, and you have uh, been on the bandwagon.
1: Yeah, I've really liked the Bengals as of late, although Jamar Chase at the end of the game had that fumble, and I was basically beside myself. He really gave New England a golden opportunity to uh, to teach me a lesson, uh, of my own lessons One, but thankfully uh, I think there was another turnover and that ended the game. Boy, that was a close one. Yeah. How about the rest of your slate this week? Well, the next game that I had was Miami uh, minus four over Green Bay. And that was my anti-Green Bay uh, slant. And unfortunately, I, I was wrong here. But I'll tell you, it was a weird game. I, I thought Miami played really well in the first half, and they jumped out to a lead. They, were, they had it as high as 20 to 10, uh, and they were looking good. And uh, then there was a, a field goal to end the half at twenty to thirteen. Still, they're up by they They're up by more than four. So I'm, I'm looking like I'm gonna uh, be on the right side of this one. But Packers came back. Uh, you know, ended up uh, giving Tua a concussion uh, during the game. Now, at the time, the Miami coaching staff didn't realize he had a concussion. At the time. Miami medical staff didn't realize he had a concussion. And at the time, it probably didn't realize he had a concussion. It's just that he threw three interceptions that none of them were ever close to hitting a receiver should have been a good indicator that the guy had a concussion. That was pretty much the end of the game. I mean, he was, he was a shadow of himself in the second half. Shouldn't have probably been out there. And, you know, Miami just couldn't get it done. And I'm worried about this Miami team. This was a team that I thought was You know, going to be in the playoffs and probably make some noise. A very exciting team to watch. They're in danger of missing out. And that was a game they needed to win.
0: Yeah, obviously, we didn't know about the concussion issue until after the game. But it was a weird game because it just felt like, you know, in such an extreme way, Miami should have won the game, really, but just couldn't get out of the way and just started making these bizarre, you know, turnovers and interceptions. Now we know why, of course. Uh, and you hope Tua is okay. It's hard to imagine, with the history that he's had this year, why they're not all over him and you know, per, you know, paying extra care and attention to somebody who's already had a couple of concussions this year. I don't know how that slips under the radar, but it hurts Tua. It hurt them in this game, uh, and unfortunately, you're on the wrong side of it. I was, and I said all these things have to
1: come together for Green Bay to end up making the playoffs, and so far all these things are coming together. They needed a few teams to win that did. They won their game. Uh, They've got a very big matchup this week against Minnesota, so I don't want them to get into the playoffs because I just don't like that team, but, boy, it's going to be exciting. It sure is. Uh, last game came in. this was a game both you and I were on. That was the 49ers against the commanders and we were laying seven points. Uh, I was for me 250 to win 227. So with that game coming in, my my I total for the week was 1187. Look, this was a was a game that was pretty much called by me and you. We, we, we really felt that 49ers have a awesome defense. They beat teams by double digits, uh, you know, just a powerful, powerful team on both sides of the ball and are going to be a, a force to be reckoned with come playoff time. But I'll tell you that the Commanders played a good first half. It was tight. It certainly was not one of those games that we didn't have to sweat. It wasn't until the second half, I think, that maybe uh, San Francisco got, you know, revved up and their motor's running and finally started to take over the game and, and you know, put this one out of, out of, uh, out of, of Farmer's way.
0: Yeah. Brock Purdy was not great in the first half of this game, but he really, you know, got focused coming out of halftime. He finds George Kittle for two long touchdown passes. And they really do eventually put this game away. Once they got into the second half, as we've said, the 49ers are really good about not playing close games, not playing one score games. And they did cover comfortably at 17. I think last week I called Taylor Henicky a backup quarterback for a reason. And he didn't disappoint. He lost a fumble. He throws an interception and suddenly Carson Wentz is back on the field for the commanders. And he actually plays pretty well. He goes 12 for 16 for 120, you know, 123 yards with a touchdown in less than a half of football And now I think I'm just seeing that Ron Rivera has named him the starting quarterback this week. So, you know, commanders are not in a good place right now. Uh, You know, the 49ers are. They're clearly part of the big four with uh, Philadelphia, Minnesota and Dallas in the NFC. Uh, You know, right now they're the 5C. They could play the Giants in the first round. The Giants do not want to see the 49ers uh, playing them right now. And luckily for me, this was my big bet. So I bet 440 to win uh, 400 and put 840 into my pocket there.
1: Yeah. And with that being your big bet, I think you ended up winning the week, didn't you?
0: Yeah, I did. I also went two for three. So I ended the week with 1470. It's nice when your big bet comes in. So I did take the week. That was my seventh of 16 weeks. Uh, Miles uh, has won nine, of course. Miles is at 18601 for the year. So he is about 2600 over uh, the 16000 that we would have uh, allegedly started with. And I'm at 13626. I'm about $2,400 under. Let me just recap my last two bets quickly, and then we will turn our attention to week 17. So I did have uh, the 49ers over Washington as my big bet. Uh, And then my next bet was the over in the Buffalo-Bills-Chicago Bears game. The over was 39.5. I bet 330 to win 300, and the score was 35-13. So eventually, again, always a little bit of a first-half sweat, uh, but this game did come in and you know, weather was a big topic of conversation last week. They had this bomb cyclone and hitting the country. And there were so many games, uh, that were handicapped low and they went under those numbers. Jags jets, you know, the number was 36 final score was 22 saints Browns. The number was uh, 32 and a half final score was 27 points. Houston, Tennessee. The, you know, the number was 36. The final was 33. Uh, This game, I just had a feeling wasn't going to go that way. It started off slow. The Bears actually had a 10-6 lead at halftime. I just had a feeling that the Bills, with so much experience being in Buffalo, playing in Buffalo, practicing in Buffalo, along with the Bears at Soldier Field, that they were going to get it together. Uh, And they finally did. Devin Singletary had 106 yards. He had a touchdown. James Cook rushed for 99 yards. So they were really strong, you know, on – right on the ground and, you know, chewing up yards and staying out of the bad weather. And they just, you know, they're relentless. That's the thing about the bills that, you know, they scored two touchdowns in the last few minutes and they put it away. The game was cold. It was windy. It was, you know, a little bit ugly, but in terms of points on the board, I got enough. It was a nice six sixty for me.
1: Well, it was in danger of not coming in, to tell you the truth, and I was looking at that game wondering if you were on the wrong side, but I think you might have been aided by a pick six, which is always like a, an overbetter's best friend. Something like that happens, and it's instant points, and so, yeah, it happened in the second half, but uh, you know, it certainly helped you get to the number.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I, you know, might have had a sip or two of uh, vodka in the first half, but we got there in the end. And then my last game, uh, I had Seattle plus 10 on the road against Kansas City. Uh, that was my small at 230 to win 209. The final was uh, Chiefs 24, Seattle 10, so I did not win that bet. Miles, what what is going on with the Seahawks? They started off slow. They lose two of the first three. Then they turn around. They win five of the next six. Geno Smith's one of the surprises in the NFL. He's named to the Pro Bowl, and now they've lost five out of six. Miles, what am I supposed to do about the Seahawks?
1: I told you, uh, even on last podcast, as much as I like the Seahawks, I thought when something looks too bu- too good to be true, it probably is. And I said this ten points. Looks too good to be true. What is going on here? Why are the Seahawks getting 10 points? They're a good team. No, there's something definitely going on. The Seahawks are trending in the wrong direction. And so I laid off that game. You didn't. And I I hate to say I told you so. But, man, I really think when something's that obvious, there's something else going on.
0: Yeah, their offense is really in reverse right now. Five drives end in puns, three end in you know turnover on downs, one end, ends in an interception. Uh, you know, NFL might want to take Geno's pro Bowl invitation back. He's he's really been mediocre lately. So, the Seahawks have just gravitated into that bucket of teams along with the Las Vegas Raiders that I am no longer betting on this year. <laughs> I know there's only two weeks, but I, I there I'm done with them. Uh, so. That was my one loss of the week. I still finished the week with 1470. I'll take the win. There you go.
1: Yeah, nice win. I like that we both had winning weeks. I like that we're both uh, on the right track. You know, I snapped my streak of, of long wins, but this was getting me back in the right direction. 13 out of the 16 weeks, cash positive for me. So going into these last couple of weeks, hoping we can find those
0: games that look appealing enough for us to to eke out some more wins. Absolutely. And Miles, you and I did not have a bet this week because we were both traveling, but uh, going into week 17, I believe we are putting an iconic Los Angeles Hollywood restaurant uh, on the line for lunch. Musso and Frank's will be our... It's, it is exactly what you think it is. It's like stepping back in time to those plush red booths. You have a martini. You imagine all the old Hollywood that happened there. It is it is lives up to its billing.
1: Read about it in many of my fiction books. I think Michael Connolly likes to write about it. I feel like uh, the television show with Michael Douglas, The Kaminsky Method, I think would take place there most episodes. It looks great. It's a real
0: restaurant. It's a real bet. Yeah, this is going to be uh, an important week. So let's get into it. Week 17 on the Wanna Bet podcast. And let me remind all of our new viewers how it works. Miles and I turn our attention to week 17 with 1,000 new dollars in our pocket. We have to make a series of bets. Uh, we're pretty much all NFL all the time now. Each bet has to be a minimum of $100. And we have to make three bets and use up all of our money. So, Miles, what are you liking for your first bet in Week 17?
1: My first bet is my big bet, and this one's a strange one because I have not been on them all year long. And you can argue that I'm not on them now because it's an over-under, but it's the Chargers, uh, your favorite team, against the Rams, uh, a team who's just underperformed, and I got that over-under at 41, and I'm going over. Here's my... Thinking on this, I have not bet the Chargers at all, and I've watched you bet them God knows how many times. I've heard you talk about them God knows how many times.
0: I've maybe bet them three times. I think you're over-exaggerating just a little. You want some more of that? I didn't think so! Whatever. Uh They
1: are, though, a playoff-caliber team. They're strong. They don't tend to win games by that much, which is why... Uh, I don't like the six or six and a half that I think is currently the spread. But I do think that they've got uh, a very explosive offense. And while the Rams defense has gotten worse, in my opinion, the Rams offense has gotten better. And that's because Baker Mayfield has been at the helmet quarterback for the last three, four weeks. And he's showing that he has something to prove. And he put such a whooping on the Broncos last week. That was unprecedented. I'd never seen anything like that. And I think he's playing without a care. He wants to just show that he belongs in the league. He can play the position. He's playing for a contract. So they're going to be going for it all the time. And so my thought is this is going to be a high-scoring game. Although the Rams don't have anything to play for in terms of playoff hopes, they're already eliminated. They didn't have anything to play for last week either, and they ran up the score. And, in fact, there was a fight after the game because of it. Um, Look, this is one of those games where I thought, I know unders are coming in a lot, but this is is a game where the
0: Chargers should win, should score, and the Rams are going to try to keep pace. This is a really interesting bet you made, and I was really surprised you made it. And it's interesting because I think you have the Chargers pegged pretty well. They're a good offensive team, and they're actually playing for something at home because they're playing for playoff seeding. They qualified you know, last week. They'd love to pass the Ravens so they can play Jacksonville in the first round and not one of the really good AFC teams. So they're going to be stepping it on. The X factor is Baker Mayfield. And who knows? And I'm just... The whooping that he put on the Broncos was so out of character. And in retrospect, you're like, were the Broncos just completely in free fall, knowing that their locker room is awful and hates each other? Their coach was about to get fired. Or was it really Baker Mayfield, like, finding this renaissance? I... I I'm kind of curious to see what Baker Mayfield, you know, shows up against the Chargers who are not going to be backing down, who are not falling apart, who've been playing better defense lately. I think the good thing for you is that number's pretty low, 49, for, so 41. That's, right. a, that's not an unattainable number.
1: And I saw that one moved. That one went as high as 43. It's today it's back to 42. But I also look at what Baker Mayfield did against the Raiders when he made, when he led that fourth quarter comeback. I mean, the guy is out there really playing. I mean, no one's told him that this doesn't mean anything. He wants that. He wants to be a quarterback in this league.
0: Yeah, but he does have a history of sort of flashing at the beginning and then reverting back to mediocrity. Wouldn't be the first time and the chargers aren't going to be surprised by him. I, I think it's a super interesting bet. And As you know, because it's the Chargers I will be watching very avidly this weekend. Yeah,
1: well, also kind of funny. I mean, obviously there's no home field advantage. They're both playing at the fields where they normally play. So I thought that was also interesting for the number being that low.
0: All right, well, let me jump in here. Um, My first bet, speaking of a team that we haven't really talked a lot about and bet on a lot, is I am taking the Eagles minus five and a half. At home against the Saints. That is my big bet of the week. It's minus 115. So I'm betting 460 to win 400. And the Saints have been a real mystery this year. And I think because of that, we haven't bet on them very often. I look back, I think we, you and I both together have made like two or three bets on them all year they're sort of like the Falcons or really the Broncos. Cause we just never had a handle on who they were and who was going to show up and whether their offense would be moving or not. But I did a little digging and I think that I have a handle on what kind of team is going to show up this week in Philadelphia. And that is a bad one. <laughs> they're six and nine, but I like the six and nine, not one of those six victories comes against a team that has a winning record right now. Those six teams that they have their victories against, have a combined record of 29 and 46. I actually think this line should be closer to seven, seven and a half. Uh, But here's the thing. The Saints have won two in a row against the Browns and the Falcons. The Eagles are coming off of a tough loss, 40 to 34 to the Cowboys. Gardner Minshew uh, is going to probably start against the, you know, for, for the Eagles. But here's the deal. Gardner Minshew was not the problem against the Cowboys. He was 24 of 40 for 355 yards. He had two touchdowns. Now he did have two interceptions, but that game was in Dallas and the Cowboys are a better team than the Saints. I really don't think it matters if it's Minshew or hurt playing quarterback for the Eagles. I think they're pissed. I think they're playing at home. I think they're playing hard for the number one seed. The saints are our worst team than they appear on paper. I think they're going to get pummeled by the Eagles and I'm happily going to give up the five and a half points for my big bet.
1: The saints also are not a very good road team. They, they tend to do better in the state of Louisiana. So I, I like the side that you're on here. Uh, in fact, I'll be honest, while in Vegas, I did bet on the Eagles and I got them at six and a half. So I think the public is is on the Saints because of the, the spread's now moving and you got it at a better line than I did. The only doubts I have about the Eagles aren't when it comes to Gardner Minshew. It's the same doubts I've had about them all year, which is they're a great team. They have the ability to win by 21 or they make it a close game and win by three. And so, I, you know, I didn't them as one of my top bets for the week in our contest because I just didn't like the six and a half at the time, but uh, I do think they should win. This is one of those where, yes, they're playing for something. And I think new Orleans might still technically have an outside chance,
0: but th- I, I like the side on this one that you're on. I hope so. It would be very out of character for the saints to beat a good team like the Eagles, but let's hope they don't make it close and stay within three, three and a half. That would not be good for me. Anyway, that's my first bet. What's your second bet?
1: So my second bet is an under, and that's the New York Jets and the Seattle Seahawks under 42 and a half. Now, I've been noticing all year, and we've commented on this throughout several of our podcasts, that the unders are coming in at a higher rate than the overs. And it almost seems like we're getting close to about a 60% unders coming in. I think even after last week, uh, we might even be uh, over that mark. So I looked at this game and I thought you've got two teams that are both trending in negative directions. You know, Seattle has been losing a lot lately. And when they were once, you know, almost destined to be in the playoffs are now looking like they could be on the outside looking in same with the jets. Uh, They've had some, some tough goings and some rough losses lately. and, You know, part of it has to do with the fact that the quarterback situation is in flux. So I'm looking at a team that, you know, in the Jets that have a really good defense, but an offense that only occasionally shows up. I think they are getting their better quarterback this week in white, but, you know, they're playing at Seattle. That 12th man at Seattle always is a big help to the Seattle defense, which, you know, does hemorrhage yards, but I do think can, you know, control a less than potent offense in new york and as for the offense in seattle yeah they're good but i think the new york jets defense are are better and so i'm looking at a tight game i think both teams are playing for something i think this is going to be a struggle and i think 42 and a half is just a little too many points
0: which is why i'm going under so much going on with this game. You know, there are some playoff implications, Geno Smith revenge game that will factor into things. And I think you're hitting two teams in an under, you know, at the right time. I, yes, the Jets must be thrilled that they have white back as quarterback. Have you seen a, you know, uh, a meltdown like Zach Wilson has had, uh, you know, in any recent quarterback? That guy's confidence is gone. He doesn't know which way is up, and you know there are unheralded guys behind him like Mike White, who are just playing better. Geno Smith, as we said already, uh, has has really been mediocre the last few weeks. So all of these forces could collide in a very. Good way for you. I would consider this game, but I no longer bet the Seattle Seahawks, so I had to stay away. Right. No, I understand.
1: Um, I, I wouldn't call this a bet on the Seahawks. It's just a a, a, yeah. a bet on the fact that I just don't trust them. So hopefully, uh, you know, with the 60 percent coming in rate and these teams both kind of struggling, I'm hoping for a low scoring game.
0: That is such a great segue into my second bet because my second bet is the New York Giants minus six at home over the Colts. And this is so much at all not like a bet on the New York Giants. It's a bet on whoever is playing against the Indianapolis Colts that I am totally, totally with you. I watched the Colts play the Chargers last week, and it was one of the most painful offensive displays. I can ever remember watching on a football field. They they didn't convert, uh, you know, a third down, the entire game. They are awful, surprisingly awful. You know, Nick Foles was terrible. Which I get it when you're getting sacked seven times in a game, three interceptions. Uh, you know, Saturday may find himself, uh, you know, at home on Sunday with nothing to do pretty soon because. This team has lost 5 in a row. Now, I'm going to be honest with you though. I am nervous about the 6 points in this game because the Giants they are not exactly a high flying offense. They're on a bit of a roller coaster as well. They started, you know, winning 6 of the first 7 of the year. Now they're 2-4 and 1 in the last 7. They're averaging 21 points a game. I will say though, 3 of those losses were to the Cowboys, Eagles and Vikings. And right now, the Giants are relatively healthy. They've got Jones, they've got Barkley, they've got Darius Slayton. Those guys are going to lead the charge against the Colts. You know, the Giants are playing for things. The Colts are done. You know, one team is in free fall looking for a draft pick. I'm really hoping that the number doesn't bite me in the ass, but I'm going to take the Giants with just enough in the fourth quarter to cover and beat the Colts.
1: I get the Colts wrong every week. Even in the game that they lost against Minnesota, it came out thirty-three to nothing. They lose by a field goal, but they were getting three and a half. They win the bet. Yes, count that as part of their losing streak for Saturday, but that was a loss for those of us betters and a win for those people that have them with the points. I don't know what to do here. I I wouldn't do it just because the Colts are involved. I can't I can't even play them. Uh, no, I wouldn't do it. The Giants, also, I've been telling you, what a fraud I think they are. Uh, they have had some success this year. They do play some close games. Six points, boy, uh, this could go either way. And I can't tell you that I believe in your bet, but, I'm, but I, but I, hope you do well.
0: I have some doubts in my my bet. I'm not, uh, you know, shy about admitting, you know that that that's the case. Uh, I For me, it is the Giants offense that makes me no- more nervous than which Colts team is going to show up. That's what makes me nervous. I hope next week I don't have to say, well, the Giants won, but they didn't win by enough. That's my fear. But I'm trusting my gut. That's my second bi- biggest bet of the week.
1: Okay. Well, my last bet is Jacksonville minus three against the Houston Texans. Now, here again, I'm violating my own rules, or at least the, the lesson I've been trying to teach. Uh, Jacksonville is a road favorite. The Texans are a home underdog. But let me put an asterisk here. When you get to Week 17 and you're playing a team that has two wins, they're always going to be a home underdog. Let's face it. And I know the Texans have been playing some good teams tight, Right? They played a great game against Dallas. Uh, you know, they've been covering sometimes when 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 the spreads are double digits. I understand that, but they even won last week. they're getting dangerously close to losing their first overall pick by winning games. like they they've been strategically tanking by looking good and playing close, but they can't afford to do that this week. They need to lose. <laughs> And Jacksonville's hot. Jacksonville has a chance of making the playoffs. Trevor Lawrence is looking as good as I've ever seen him. Zay Jones is like off the charts great. I think that this could be one of those games that looks too good to be true theories. And why am I on this? And probably the whole world is on this, but I'm doing it. And what's funny is when I first saw this, it was Jacksonville minus four and a half. It's come down to three. So I think everyone's on the Texans, but I say this. The Texans this week are going to look like they're in last place. I think they're finally just saying, hey, let's forget about it. Let's take our number one draft pick. Let's not even mess with the Bears who, you know, who have three wins and are playing Detroit and might lose. And, you know, this
0: tie might come in the place where they end up not getting the first pick. Well, maybe this will be the bet that looks too good to be true for you like the Seahawks plus 10 was for me last week. I don't know. I think I totally agree with you. If you're going to bet a road favorite Jacksonville right now over the Houston, Texas, and it's, you know, three points, that's a pretty good bet to make. Yeah, I think Jacksonville's going to win this game, too.
1: It's my small bet because it does look too good to be true. So it's 230 to win 209. We'll see how this one plays out. I don't know if I've been on Jacksonville all year. So this has been a strange week to try to find the teams for me to get
0: on. I'm not sticking with my normal group of teams that I like to go with. I think you were on Jacksonville a few weeks ago and that got me on the Jacksonville bandwagon. So, I know I've, you know, won with them at least once or twice in the last couple of weeks. So, they're, a, you know, a nice trending team. And I might have been on that game, except I really wanted to be on a different game. My last bet of the week is the Bengals versus the Bills Monday night. I am taking the Bengals on the money line, which is even money. So, I am betting my last 210 to win 210. And really, I'm so excited about this game. I really wanted to be on it. And I'm going to ride the Bengals wave that you've ridden lately. You've won with them the last three weeks, they've won seven in a row. This is going to be a tight game. There's no question about it. They're playing a really good Buffalo Bills team. And there's a part of me that doesn't love this bet, to be honest, because it's so tight. But I'm so jacked about the game that I really wanted to have some juice on it. Um, and, I, and I just hope that the bangle magic that you've had the last few weeks continues over to me. You know, the spread was only one point, so at that point I just decided to, instead of, you know, losing the 110, make it an even money, money line bet, and then, you know, get slightly more return on my bet. And look, I will say one thing about the Bills in my defense of the Bengals is that Josh Allen has one Achilles heel, and that's throwing interceptions. He's thrown 13 this year. So I am really really hoping that the Bengals pick one off late in the fourth quarter, they hang on for a tight game and I put this nice little money line bet in my pocket.
1: I am surprised you're betting this game cuz this is this is a playoff game and and it's a and it really is a coin flip. I mean out of a whole slate of games, you're picking one that could literally go either way. And I mean, part of me thinks bet the over, right? These are two power teams, but I think that number is like at 52 or something crazy, and that's going to be a tough one to do. I, I, I like the fact that you're excited about this game. I do think it's going to be a great one to watch. But, boy, I uh, would be worried just about betting either side of the game because it's, it's unpredictable, going back to what we said earlier. Uh, Cincinnati, they've been starting games slow, uh, but then when they get started, man, they're just, Really, really a tough team. And Buffalo, I think we noticed that they don't hit their overs a lot either. So I don't think this will be a blow up on any stretch. I think it's going to be a
0: one square game either way. And hopefully you're on the right side. I flipped a coin. It landed on the Bengals. I got an even money bet. I want to be excited when I'm sitting on the couch Monday night. So those are my bets. Could come down the Monday night for Musso and Franks. So that'll be exciting. It'll be a. An exciting week of football, as always. No Saturday games, all Sunday games this year. Yeah,
1: so, boy,
0: it's going to be good. I'm uh,
1: hoping that both of us can uh, can cash in this week 17, and then week 18,
0: talk about flip a coin. Who knows what the hell will happen there. Miles, this year has been so much fun. I think we should come back next year and do it again, which is what we'll be doing next week.
1: I think we will. And you know what? I don't know that we end it next week, David. Maybe we have our own little playoff version where we give our thoughts. Maybe it's not, you know, pick three
0: games. Maybe it's we go through each, each playoff game and give our thoughts. We should definitely think about that. Although I think with Super Wild Card Weekend, with, uh, you know, six games going on that weekend, we could probably find uh, enough to put some bets down on. So that is coming up shortly. And we have come to the end of yet another WannaBet podcast. Please follow us on Twitter, at WannaBetPodcast is our handle. We post uh, all sorts of things and our bets and our recaps and all sorts of good things like that. So we want you to
1: join us. Yeah, you can make your bets there too. Just go to at WannaBetPodcast and tell us who you like. Put down your spreads and we'll uh,
0: give you a shout out in the next uh, podcast. and Tell the world how you did All right, everybody. Have a great week. Miles, say goodbye to our fine listeners. Love your body, Larry. Peace out, everybody. Good night. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Peter.